This morning is a very special time for us. We get to sort of unfold to you what is in our hearts regarding this ministry and what the Lord is, is doing with us and what we believe He's called us to do. If you brought your Bible with you, I want you to turn, first of all, to the book of Psalms, and we will look at Psalm 34. And while you're finding Psalm 34, let me remind you what Jesus said was our purpose for this entire meeting out of John 14, verse 21. As a matter of fact, if we have John 14, 21, I just want to put it up here on the screen. Let's look at that. John 14, 21. Meredith, do you have that? Go for it. And go. There he is. Listen to what Jesus said. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And what's the rest of this promise? I will manifest myself to him. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the reason we are here. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the reason I'm alive. That's the reason this ministry is in existence. Because listen to me, this ministry and our life and your life, we cannot thrive and we cannot go to the places that God has called us to without a manifestation of Jesus. If all you need to make it is just a little bit of money and, and a little bit of help, and that just fulfills all your dreams and all your goals, then I'm going to tell you something. You are nowhere near dreaming big enough. Amen? Are you with me? I've had this thought, this reoccurring thought over the last several weeks, and, and uh, I believe somewhere along the way in our teaching, especially our teaching about the prosperity of God, the provision that has come to us through Jesus, I think maybe without saying it, we've left the impression in people's minds that the ultimate goal is to never have a need again. And I don't think that's what we need to be after, never having a need again. We have a promise where the need is concerned. My God shall supply all your need. That's what the Word says, but that is not the end of that verse. Who can finish it for me? My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There is no provision for the need disconnected from Jesus. So the, the, the fulfillment of the need has been met. Here's, here's my answer to that. If you come to the place, you feel like you've arrived at a place where you have no need, guess what else you don't have? Vision. If there's no need, then there's no vision. Because vision... Vision from God creates a need, creates something that needs to be filled. And if you've come to the place where I just, you know, I have no need, I'm satisfied, everything's met, then guess what else, what other place you've arrived at? No vision. Is this making sense to you? Are you with me? Go ahead and say amen. amen. Nod your head. You're with me? All right, here we go. So the idea here is, Get the vision from God. Let Him tell you what you need. Father, what is it I have need of? Isn't that what Jesus said? Your Father knows what you have need of before you even ask Him. Before you even knew what you had need of, He knew what you had need of. Amen? How is that need going to be met? One way, a manifestation of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that what we're about to share with you regarding this ministry and the call of God on our lives and your life as partners with this ministry, people with ministries of your own and, and callings of your own, what you need above everything else is a manifestation of Jesus. You ought to be a little more excited about that. Okay, we'll get there. I'm not mad at you or anything. I'm just saying, let's get excited. Go with me to Psalm 34. Did you find that yet? Let's read... Uh, beginning in verse 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. You ought to do some pretty heavy-duty bragging on God. You can never brag enough on Jesus and what he's accomplished and what he's performed in your life. 
Our boasting is not in ourselves. Our boasting is not in what we've accomplished, what you've accomplished, what we've set our own hands to do. Our boasting is in none of those things. Our boasting is always in Jesus. Amen? So when somebody comes to you and says, what a great job you did, don't do the whole fake humility thing. That just makes me a little nauseous when people are like, oh, it's not me, it's, it's the Lord. Well, it is the Lord, but we don't need you to put on some show about what it is. Just, just say what it is. God is good. Man, you did such an amazing job. Oh, praise God. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. God is so faithful to help us. Just give Him the credit. Just brag on Jesus. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. This is what I want you to see. Verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. How would we say this as New Testament believers? Oh, magnify who? Jesus. Okay, you're catching on. Magnify Jesus. Quick question. What happens when you magnify something? It gets bigger. I knew you were going to say that. It gets bigger. But let me ask you a question. Does it really get bigger? When you magnify it, it didn't really change size. It just got bigger to you. It just got bigger to you. If you were to take a magnifying glass and put it on the pages of your Bible and the words appear bigger, did you actually change the size of those words? No, you did not. They just got bigger how? To you. And when he says, magnify Jesus, magnify the Lord. Folks, our God is as big as big gets. You are not going to make him bigger. He is just going to get bigger to you. When you magnify Jesus, he is getting bigger to you. When you magnify him, he's getting bigger in your eyes, in your vision. And what happens when something begins to take up more of your vision? Well, it does exactly that. It takes it up and begins to do away with room for anything else. That's the idea here. We behold Jesus, we magnify Jesus until the place where he's all we see. He's the only thing we're looking at. He's the only thing we're beholding. He is the only thing we're responding to. Oh, magnify the Lord. How many of you think that God could still stand to get a little bigger in our eyes? The moment we're distracted by anything else, the moment we're pulled off course by anything or anyone, and that's exactly what distraction is. When you're driving down the road, how many of you know that when you are driving, you're sitting in that left seat, now, some people are watching this from international countries, whatever seat you're sitting in. When you are driving, how many of you would agree there's nothing more important than the road? Right? Nothing more important than the road. But still, there are times when something that's not even on the road, it's on the side of the road. It catches your attention. It catches your attention. It captures what? Your attention. And even if it's for a brief moment, you're distracted or you are mistaken in the thinking that this thing on the side of the road is somewhere and somehow more important than the road itself. And is that true? It's true we get distracted, but it is not true that it's more important. Nothing is more important than the road in front of you. So a distraction, however long it lasts, is just something that convinces you that the main thing is not the main thing. So when we keep Jesus in front of us and we are not distracted, we're beholding him and him alone. But this is what I want you to begin to see this morning. He says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. This is where we're going in this service this morning. Magnify the Lord, how? With me. Do this with me. The psalmist is saying, I'm magnifying the Lord. I'm boasting in Him. I am bragging on Him. And that's what bragging does, right? It magnifies. You get to bragging about something that you've got or you've done, and before you know it, whatever it is you're bragging about is bigger than it actually is. 
That's what boasting does. That's what bragging does is it magnifies. You all know, especially from this part of the country, you have all probably had a one-on-one conversation with, guy, with a guy who caught a fish this big, right? And he has told that story and told that story and told that story until that fish is so big that it took him and six other men to pull it out of the water. When really what happened was it was probably something more along the lines of this size and maybe it was the biggest thing he ever caught, but because he told it and told it and told it and told it, it got bigger. Am I making this clear enough this morning? (laughs) Well, that's the way we're supposed to be with Jesus. We just talk him and talk about him and talk to him and listen to him talk to us and talk to others about him and magnify him, magnify, 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 brag, boast, and be proud of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I boast in him, not in myself. Magnify the Lord. So that's what the psalmist is doing. But then he makes this invitation. I'm now inviting you to come do this with me. And the very next statement is this. And I think this is beautiful, especially with what the Lord just did through our worship. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name. How? Together. This is a group activity. This is something you and I should be doing. Yes, you should be doing it on your own. Of course, we're supposed to have our own intimate worship with the Lord. I've learned so much of this from Sarah. I've watched the way she worships. I've watched the way she leads worship from the platform and from the way she worships in her own life. And I'm telling you, they're the same thing. It's the same genuineness. And she has taught me so much about how to be a worshiper. And yes, we are supposed to have those things in our lives, but... This is also supposed to be a group activity. Magnifying the Lord, exalting His name is supposed to be something you and I are doing together. Why? Because if I walk in this door on a Sunday morning and I've been magnifying Him all week long, all the way to church, and I come run into you and you've been magnifying Him all week long, all the way to church, and this person over here and this family over here and these groups and these volunteers and these musicians, we have spent our entire week magnifying Jesus. Pretty soon, He's all that we see. And we've quit looking at each other, pinpointing and picking out the faults and the little mistakes and the little things that irritate and all of that peripheral stuff that we thought was so important has just gone over to the side of the road and with eyes on Jesus, it all begins to fade away and it pales in comparison to His light and to His glory. When we magnify Him together. This is a group activity. I am absolutely fascinated whenever I come across large groups of people. Sorry, I'm not going to hit you. I'm just going to get real close. Whenever I come across large groups of people, I I looked this up just the other day, and I guess it's just because we're here. It intrigued me. Uh, How far are we from the University of Arkansas, Nate? 30 minutes. Less than an hour. 30 minutes away from, from the University of Arkansas. And I just looked up their football stadium. That is the other religion here in Arkansas. And I looked up the football stadium. You know that thing holds up to 80,000 people? 80,000 people for a football game. And some of you are like, yeah, it is a football game. What's okay, well, I understand. I understand the excitement about it. I understand. Have you ever been to one of those? I've been to those kinds of football games, not at that stadium, but others like it that, hu- that held seventy to 80,000 people. And it was something like the 113th consecutive sellout. So what does that mean? On average, once a week, once every couple of weeks, 75, 80,000 people get together. And you know what? In that atmosphere, it is anything but boring. You could go down on that field and say, your attention please, can I see the hands of those who are bored? And no, but nobody's bored. The atmosphere is quite literally electric. Have you ever been a part of anything like that? Sporting event, music event, where you've got 30,000 people all singing the songs that this guy wrote or this lady or this band, and they're all just, nobody's bored, are they? Nobody's sitting there waiting for this thing to end. It's an electric environment. It's an electric atmosphere. 
And you start asking yourself, why is that? Why is that environment so charged with energy? You think, well, maybe it's that band or maybe it's that team. Maybe it might have something to do with it, but I don't think that's what it is. And if it's music, you think, well, maybe it's those songs. Those songs, these songs have touched me. These songs have defined a generation. And these songs have changed my life. And the songs might be great, but the song is not what did that to the atmosphere. You want to know what did that to the atmosphere? If you were there, you did it. You're the one who did it, but not you alone. It was what you did next to 79,999 other people. That's what charged that environment. And I think sometimes about those kinds of events, having been to a few of them, you think about every single person there, how so many of those people drove to that event from miles and miles and miles, some hundreds of miles in every direction coming in from 360 degrees all over the map to this one place. And nearly every single one of them, if they're probably not, not even alone in that car. They've jammed that car so full of people and every one of them going, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be amazing. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope they sing this one. Oh, I love this team. I, I hate the team they're playing. We're going to kill them. We're going to kill them. We're going to kill them. <laughs> but everybody talking it, talking it, talking it, magnifying it the whole way there. And in a sporting environment, what do they call that? They call it team spirit. You know what I call it? The power of agreement. The power of agreement. You got all these people that came to the place with expectation. So next time you go into your church and you walk out frustrated because the service seems sleepy, don't blame your preacher. It's not on him. What were you talking about in the car on the way there? Lunch afterwards? Your anticipation wasn't for the service. It wasn't for the manifestation of Jesus. You're looking beyond it to something else. And I don't care how many people you have in church, 200 or 200,000. There's going to have to be some anticipation and some expectation on the way into it. If it's ever going to be anything even close to what God has in his heart for it. All of these people talking this, the same thing, expecting the same thing. You get into an environment, especially where songs are being sung. Songs, the reason music is so powerful, the reason music has defined whole generations at a time, the reason music holds the place it does in the church and the body of Christ, is it's perhaps one of the only moments that we get... Hundreds of people in one room saying the exact same thing at the exact same time. That's really the power behind the hymnal. And what started as the hymnal, everybody holding the same book, looking at the same page, reading the same words, saying the same thing, and has over the years taken on different shapes. Does anybody remember the age of the overhead transparency screen? That's kind of what I grew up on. You had the guy in the church, that faithful guy who went over to the screen with the big hook on a stick and brought the screen down. Does anybody remember that? And then he stood there next to the transparency and he moved it up when we got to this part of the song and he moved it down. <laughs> now, if you were fortunate enough that the song was actually printed onto the transparency, like computer printing, then you wouldn't have the ink smudges that the rest of us had inevitably over this is the... What's that say? You know, you're trying to... What's the point? That, that is nothing but the evolution of the hymnal that has turned into things like this. We now have words on screens. But all of it is the same thing with the same purpose to get you and I saying the same thing at the same time. And we are, when we are singing, man, we'll, we'll sing some stuff we wouldn't even say. We'll sing about exalting Jesus and then walk right out here and exalt something else. So that's why I think God has given music the place that it holds. It's like, look, i got to get you all in agreement somehow, some way. And if I just got to put a nice melody and some good chords around it, I'll do it. But there's power in it. Why? Because we're all saying the same thing. 
And that's what all these people, they go into an environment like that where songs are being sung. You got 80,000 people all singing that same song to the point where you can't even hear the guy on the stage because everybody else is singing and nobody cares what they sound like. They're just singing at the top of their lungs. I love this song. Nobody cares what they sound like. It's just in them and it's coming out. (laughs) And it's just an electric atmosphere. So electric that the guy will leave the stage and they'll stand there and scream till he comes back. And they'll leave again, they'll stand there and scream till he comes back three and four times. That ever happened to you in church yet, Pastor? Hadn't happened to me yet. Service is over. No, we want more. God, give us more. I'm looking forward to that day, though. Amen. There's one more element of this that I think is really interesting, especially with these, these events like, that take place in this football stadium just down the street and other college stadiums and professional stadiums around the world. Some of the soccer stadiums and other places in the world that hold over 100,000 people. If you look at the crowd, I, I looked at a picture of the University of Arkansas Stadium, and it's just a sea of red and white. Am I right? Just an absolute sea of red and white. Everybody's wearing the same thing. Now, I'm not proposing that, each, that there be like a church uniform, <laughs> like blue blazer with a gray plaid tie and gray pants. and all. I'm not proposing that. I am, however, proposing that we do what the book of Ephesians says, and we put off the old man and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I am proposing that you and I come every time we gather together dressed in Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ to be conformed into His image, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. What is that? That is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody expecting the same thing, speaking the same thing, and even wearing the same thing. This is us magnifying and exalting Him together. Now, let me go on in this. Let's, let me show you this out of the book of Ephesians. Turn there with me to chapter 3. One of the greatest examples of this from the Word of God that I can find and that I know of is in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 5. You may remember when uh, all the tribes had gotten together and all the singers had gotten together and all the musicians had gotten together and coupled with all of them out of these different tribes was another 120 singers and musicians. I mean, this is a huge, huge band. And I've been in and around music my, almost my whole life. Uh, musician, played in bands, and now Sarah is the music in my life, and uh, just seen it. I've just been around it. And I've been in bands. There wasn't 120 of us. There was like four of us. And there's just something about musicians and creative types that we believe our right to an opinion is what has made our opinion right. And we are going to do this song, and we're going to do it this way, and we're going to do it in this key, and we're going to do it in this tempo. Well, for every member of the band you've got, you've got another opinion, Right? Anybody ever been involved in this world at all? And this is why bands with great potential end up fighting to the point of death and they break up and end the whole thing. Well, I can't agree, can't agree, can't agree. And the miracle that took place that 120 singers and players and a whole bunch of other people all got together. You know what the Bible says? It says they all agreed on the same song to sing. They all agreed on the same words to speak. The song wasn't a long one. It just went like this, for the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. That was the whole song. That's what they agreed on. Everybody, the Bible says, they sang it with one voice. And as a result, the glory of the Lord filled that temple. Those priests could not even stand to minister. What an example of what takes place when you and I exalt His name together. Ephesians Chapter 3, look at this in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge. 
not only are we supposed to comprehend every dimension of the love of God, what a lie we have bought into from religion that has said we can never understand your love, we can never comprehend your love, and think that we're right in saying it when the Bible said, I want you to be so rooted in it and grounded in it that you get it. You comprehend it. You are drowning in the love of God and it is all around you with length, depth, and height. It's above you, it's beneath you, to your left and right and front and behind. Nothing but the love of God. And if you don't understand it all today, you'll understand more tomorrow and more the day after that. And it is this ascending in a comprehension of how much you are loved. And for you to have that as an individual is necessary and it's wonderful. But he said, I pray that you would comprehend it with all the saints. This is something that all of us are supposed to have a working understanding of. What on earth do you think would happen if all of us just knew and had a revelation of how much we were loved? What would happen? What glory would manifest? What manifestation of Jesus would take place in every church and in every body of Christ all over the world? He said, I will love him and manifest myself to him. A manifestation of Jesus in your life is inseparably connected to your revelation of how much he loves you. I just have to believe by faith you're getting this because I ain't hearing you too good. Are you with me this morning? All right. Do this with me. Do this with us. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in what? Us. There is a power in us. And there's a power that works when us become us. And us quits being me and you as individuals and us becomes us. We become us. Amen? The power that is working in us. You know, I told you last night that Sarah and I found ourselves, we found our lives and the calling of God on our lives in the book of Colossians chapter 1. In verse 28, it says this, Him we preach. We preach Jesus. And the Lord ministered something to us early on, and I believe it was about the time we were writing our very first partner letter that we really realized that that we in there, for us, wasn't just her and it wasn't just me together. That the we was all of us. The we, the him we preach, as a partner with this ministry, you are preaching Jesus with us. And we have come to realize that and believe that. And I've grown up, I grew up in a ministry, my grandparents, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, Grew up in a ministry that was very, very, very strong on partnership and believed heavily in ministering first to their partners and through their partners. And that was something that was always, I thought, very real to me until the Lord called us into this ministry and He began adding partners to us. Many of you are partners. I so enjoyed our time together this morning over here across the way just to get to hear from you and love on you and tell you how much we appreciate you. But it's more than just, hey, we appreciate you. You have become a demonstration of the grace and the love of God in our lives. A crystal clear, perfect picture of the grace of God in us. And every time we get on board an airplane to go preach the gospel, to go preach Jesus, it's very real to me. Partners, you go with us. You go with us. You are with us on that airplane. You are with us in that hotel. You are with us behind that pulpit. You are with us every step of the way. We are taking you with us. And this is all confirmed in Scripture. Romans chapter 10. The great place where we know that faith comes by and hearing by thee. All of that is right there in Romans chapter 10. But you just back up a little bit where it says, How can they call on Him, call on Jesus, in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in the one they haven't heard about? Believing is the response to hearing. Amen? And how can they hear without a preacher? That's job security for me, baby. I love it. How can they hear without a preacher? Can they? No. And then it says this, And how can, the, how can they preach unless they are 
sinned. Which to me, it puts every single one of those things on the exact same level. Hearing and believing and preaching and the one who sent the preacher. No one of those things is greater than the other because it all results in Jesus being preached and people responding to Him. Not to me, not to you, not to us, responding to Him. Him we preach. This is what you and I, this is what all of us do together. And this that we read this morning out of the book of Psalm 34, let us exalt His name together. As far as we're concerned, that's the foundation and the very ground we stand on where our partners are concerned. We are exalting His name together. We're doing this thing together. I just wanted to take that time and, and let you know how Sarah and I feel about partnership and what the Lord has put in us regarding partnership. I'll tell you what it's not. It is not just something somebody came up with so that we could get a check in the mail every now and then. That is not what this is. And I told you last night, and I'll tell you again, and as you get to know Sarah and I, you will hear this a lot. Our partnership, your partnership with us and our partnership with you is not centered around money. And it is not based on money. Any offering, anything you put into this ministry better have been something you heard from God. That's the only reason we want it. That's the only reason we would put it into work in this ministry because if you did not hear from God and you put something in there, then you took something that belonged to somebody else and was assigned to something else and we want it where it's supposed to go. No, our partnership is based first and foremost on Jesus because our partnership is not just together with you. Our partnership is together with Him. We are partnered with Him. And yeah, the University of Arkansas might need 80,000 people to make an electric atmosphere. You put that same team on a field, that same field in that same stadium, and you put four people in the crowd, tell me, is it as electric? No, it's not. You take that same band, that same singer, singing those same songs on that same stadium stage, and you got eight people spread across the congregation with 30,000 seats, is it as electric? No. But Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You talk about an electric atmosphere, one where Jesus is, where He's in manifestation, and we don't need 80,000. I'll take it. I'd be happy to have it, but we don't need it. We need two or three. And we got more than that in here. We have more than that. Now that have said, Jeremy and Sarah, we're partnered with you and we are partnered with Jesus. Do all that is in your heart to do. If Jesus can manifest with two or three in agreement, what can he do with a thousand or so now that have partnered with this ministry? That stirs me up. That gets me excited. I want to take just a minute and give you a quick, a quick report of what's taken place over the last year and a half in this ministry. If somebody has that other iPad for me. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I want to uh, give you a report, and Sarah's got some things to share with you as well, some things that have really blessed us. Uh, no connection available. Somebody help me out. I'm scared. What do I do? You guys just want to run it for me? Can we do that? You work on that, and uh, if we get it fixed, bring it back to me. Let's start with that first slide. We want to give you a quick update on, the, on uh, we're calling it our partner update, what the Lord's done and continue to do through this ministry. We started this ministry September 1st, 2010. That's when the Lord called us out, and we had talked to my grandparents, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, about that uh, some months before it, submitted that to them. They were our leadership at the time and said, this is what the Lord's saying. We submit it to you. Uh, how do you see it? And they said, this is good and this is God. And they prayed over us and they sent us out. September 1st, uh, we had just had little justice a few months before that. So that makes sense, right? I mean, have a baby, quit your job. Makes perfect sense. Uh, the good news is it's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. So don't worry about it making sense. Let's take a look at this uh, next slide. There we go. Let's talk about partners. Uh, of course, when we started the ministry September of 2010, how many of you can guess how many partners we had? It was somewhere in the neighborhood of zero. Um, <laughs> plus or minus, uh, but, but not very many. I remember, Patty, we, 
Rick, Rick and Patty they jumped on board been, pretty quick. Uh, Jerry and Doris Hart, otherwise yeah. known as Mimi Papa. and Papa, to Sarah and now me. Uh, some of you guys, I mean, you all being here, just some of our, the originals. You are the originals. And uh, we just thank God for you. And so, yeah, going into September, I think we might have had a handful. But let me tell you what's happened in the month since then. Go ahead, go to the next one. Yeah. No. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's, okay, hold on. Wait, Ert, stop. Okay, that said 970. That's where we are today. And those are people that have either given to this ministry or specifically said, I want to partner with you. And that can mean anything. I want to partner with you in prayer and in support. I want to help you get the word out. And that is 970 people since September of 2010. Now we have another category that we call our friends to this ministry. And those are ones that said, hey, keep us in touch with what's going on. We want to stay up with you guys. Um, To our partners, we send a monthly letter. Sarah and I take time and pray over. And that letter is about meeting your need and not ours. Let me say it again, that letter is about meeting your need and not ours. I learned that from my grandfather, who has spent the last 45 years writing partner letters. And he has said that he has, in those early days, he tore up a bunch of letters because that temptation to try to get your own need met creeps in there and you start putting pressure on people. He said, I won't have it. I'm so thankful to have learned that from them. And we just, just flowed right into that same stream. That letter is to meet your need and to encourage you and to bring you life and hope and peace in Jesus. That's what that letter's about. And, and then um, we have the friends of this ministry who have said, hey, we want to stay in touch with you and send us emails, send us updates. And that has come to, let's see that number. Um, this is all very dramatic how it all drops in here one number at a time. Uh, uh, almost 2,000 people wanting to stay in touch with what's going on through the ministry, and that's continuing to grow as well. Let's take a look at the next one. Our outgoing mail. Uh, In January of 2011, so just after we had started the ministry, we were sending out somewhere in the neighborhood of 260 letters every month. So from September to January, it grew to 260, and we thought, okay, um, this is more than we thought, but it's good. It's good. Uh, Since that time, all the way up, to most recently uh, May of 2012, that letter is now going, of course, to 950 people. Uh, And once again, those are those those partners and those people that have said we're with you and we're behind you. Let's take a look at this next category. Incoming mail. In September of 2011 was when I said, uh, Sarah and I, we gathered our staff together, uh, our entire staff, who, she's around here somewhere. Caitlin, are you in the room this morning? She's probably out working on something. Caitlin Kurth is our entire staff. She is the staff of Pearson's Ministries International. And without a doubt, she is the best decision we have ever made. <laughs> and uh, the Lord put Caitlin in Sarah's heart. And man, we have some pretty powerful conversations just laying awake at night. And Sarah turned over and she said, I think it's Caitlin. We knew we needed help. And the Lord was talking to Sarah about Caitlin. Caitlin and Caitlin grew up in our youth group. Yeah. And um, so she's been with us for a long time, and we were so, we, we didn't have a clue when the Lord spoke her name to us. We didn't even know what we were getting ourselves into. It was the best decision we've ever Absolutely. made. Absolutely. She has, she has taken, the Lord through her has taken this ministry to another level. I'm so thankful. I think we should just give our staff a hand. Uh, so September of last year, I asked our staff to begin to track how much mail is coming in, and since... Uh, September of last year. So how many months is that? Are we talking eight months now, something like that? Uh, we're, we've received over 1,200 pieces of mail. And I want to take just a minute right now, Sarah. I want you to look at some, some of those things that you brought. Um, would you mind sharing some of that? Because, um, like I said, this partnership and the incoming mail, it's not just about money coming in the mail. However, I will tell you, early on when we, when we were the staff of Pearson's Ministries and I was going to the mailbox, I used to let like great lengths of time go by just so there would be like two or three letters there because I hated that feeling of going and nothing was there so I would let like days go by and and go go get the two pieces of mail that were in there so so for us to see this that over 1200 pieces of mail have come in in the last several months it just it's overwhelming to us in the sense that God's love is what is overwhelming his love is the only thing we are defenseless against and um in the mail, one of the things that Sarah and I love to see are the testimonies and the praise reports that come in. 
So if the Lord has done something for you um, through any of the messages you've heard or the, the music that the Lord has ministered through, Sarah, man, we love hearing about that. It just fuels us. Just, it's so encouraging. We sit in our living room sometimes. Caitlin always brings a lot of the mail to us. In our living read, room, which is the headquarters of yes. our ministry. Yeah. We read the testimonies, and so many times that we've read them, we just sit there and tears just stream down our face. Absolutely. We cannot. It's just, it's amazing, and it is overwhelming how wonderful. Um, I, don't, I can't really explain to you. I knew I was partners with other ministries before we had our own ministry, and I took it seriously. I valued it. I uh, was so blessed by what God did through that partnership and how he increased our lives through partnering with other ministries. But until we had our own and we saw and experienced it for ourselves, I have never experienced anything like it. Every time we go to pray for you, it's an anointing that is so wonderful and so pure. It's all, every time we say, Lord, we lift our partners up to you, it's just like, his anointing and presence fills our where we're at and it is such a wonderful thing and you know god is so in it and so involved and and i had one scripture that i was thinking of uh, with this partnership and it's in philippians and it says um i have had you in my heart and that's one thing that we have noticed, that we carry you in our hearts, and you, you, you never get away from your partners, and you love them just like your staff or just like your own family. They're your partners, yeah. and it, it has been such a blessing, so thank you so much. Yeah. We, we've received several testimonies, and I just want to share a few of them with you. Um, and these have just blessed us. Some of the ones that we've sat in our living room and, and cried over, there's been so many, so it was hard to choose from. And I hope you understand, too, and you'll continue to hear us say this. All the glory, all the yes. glory belongs to Jesus. We're just so thankful to be a part of His thing, a part of what He's doing. And people write us letters and they say, Dear Jeremy and Sarah, but to us it just says, Dear Jesus. Yeah. And, and so we want you to understand that as she reads this. And once you get into ministry and you, and you start doing this thing that God's called you to do all the time, every weekend, <laughs> um, it, it consumes your life. But one of the greatest, uh, most amazing things is you realize that it is only by the grace of God that you do what you do. And you realize when that anointing comes on you or when, when you get to help somebody, you, you realize even how much more that it is only Jesus that does the work and it is the grace of God on you. And as you increase in it and you grow in it, you realize even more, man, it humbles you. Yeah. And you realize this is all, this is the grace of God. This is Jesus himself working through us. Mm -hmm. So we do give God all the glory. And if we do mention any names, you know, our names in here, we do want, to, want you to remember that this is, this is because of Jesus. Um, this is talking to, this person attended the victory uh, campaign in Washington, D.C. Um, and we, Jeremy and I got up and ministered at the end. And he gave a word including the part that tied the cares of this world in the passage Jesus taught about the seed and the sower and the cares being thorns that the seed fell upon. You liken these thorns and cares and worries to the crown of thorns that Jesus wore for us, taking our cares upon his head and earning for us victoriously a crown of righteousness. It really moved me. I was on the floor crying, and it came time when for the 4,127th time I was in the midst of quitting smoking cigarettes. Now I am in my fourth week of being cigarette-free. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. This one, um, she says, I want to thank you for, for making the CD Strength and Beauty. We have recently come through an intense ordeal. Our daughter-in-law, Brianne, was admitted to the hospital with several abdominal pain um, and bleeding. The doctors thought it was um, Crohn's disease, um, but it was neither. She had eaten sushi and picked up a bacteria that caused her body to go into overdrive and her immune system to attack itself. She had uh, blood, a rare blood disease. She was on um, uh, machines, machines yeah. three times a day, 30 days, trying to fix her blood. Nothing was working. Um, during this time, she was in really ba bad shape. She was near death. Um, my son 
began to came in and started playing the CD in the hospital. They they let it play night and day, um, and we began to be ministered to by it in the hospital. Um, ourselves being able to stand for her. Um, she was hallucinating and out of consciousness. She said um, the mu- the music um, Pearson's Ministries music was a constant. Uh, sorry, constant for us. was a constant for us as we trusted our heavenly Father for her manifestation. She got to the place where um, make. She had gotten to the place where we had to make a change with what was happening in the natural. We were being led, um, but we knew the favor and blessing was working for us. We were in the hospital for a total of two months, and we listened to your CD each evening through to night. There there were a lot of sleepless nights, and it carried the presence of God. And the word-filled songs of healing were constant support, and they ministered life to her. Today, Brian is completely healed, and we are rejoicing each day because we serve such an awesome God. We believe that you made that CD just for us. Our husband and I still fall asleep each night to it. Thank you again. Praise Sincerely. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, I was blessed to have a friend show me the video of you guys speaking at the 2011 Southwest Believers Convention. Um, we, we gave our testimony of how we met and God brought us together. I was amazed to hear the way that God orchestrated your love story in his perfect timing and through his perfect will. Currently, I'm, I have uh, been in a broken relationship and it lasted many years of my life. The person I was dating was amazing, but... God showed me that I needed to let go and trust him. This time it, um, this time has been full of up, ups and downs, but my faith has been strengthened. This message provided me with encouragement that I needed. Um, I am confident that my decision was led by God. I have I, There have been moments that I have had been tempted to enter into doubt, but, but it takes prayer, preaching to myself, and surrounding myself with witnesses of Christ to remind me that God is good and his provision and plan is greater than mine. Thank you for sharing your story and reminding us to wait for God's best. Praise the Lord. Um, this, this family, have, she has a da- they have a daughter, and she had a friend that died, was tragically killed, and she's only 14 years old. Um, and she said after dinner one night, their daughter started asking us questions about why bad things happen to good people. We spent an hour trying to give her scriptures and example. Nevertheless, after a long conversation, she went away still having a lot of questions. The next day, she, bought, she brought your book, Hello, My Name is God, to school and was reading it during her, during her resource hour. When she got home, she seemed relieved, like a burden had been taken off of her. She said the insight in your book blessed her and was able to, to destroy the lies from the enemy in her mind about her friends. Um, you talked about uh, confusion and not fighting against flesh and blood. When you were talking about disasters and people who misrepresented God, it really helped her. We just want to thank you guys for being able to reach our daughter in a way that we couldn't. We want to partner with you as the Lord prospers us. Well, you get the idea. There's a lot of these, and uh, we do. We get to look at these, and Caitlin has been so diligent to continue to bring them to us, and it just does something for us. And Sarah's absolutely right. We just sit there, and, and we have wept over these things, and it's so real to us the way we carry these things with us. And um, we just wanted to share some of that with you. And I think it would be good for us to post some of these things yeah. online. We'd love for you to see more. Can I tell you one more? That I can't, I don't have it written, but I'll just tell you, this is like one of my favorite testimonies that's come in. Um, we got a, a letter in from a young, she's probably, I think in college age, and she said that her and her mom and her sister have been born again for a long time, and they have been a part of Kenneth Copeland Ministries and, and been a part of the, the ministry in Fort Worth. And they said that they had... Um, the, they have been believing their, for a long time for their dad to be saved, and he's not a Christian yet. And um, well, he may be now, but and anyway, um, she said that they they had started listening to Strength and Beauty in their house, and um, one day he walked in and he heard the song "It Is Finished," and he said, 
what's that CD? I need, I want to listen to that. And, um, and actually, I'm sorry, I, I said it wrong. He, they had left the CD out in her car and his, the dad went out to move the car one night and it was playing and the song, It Is Finished. And um, I don't know if you guys know that song, but the chorus of the song, um, it, it's really special to, well, it's really special to me, but this is the song he heard and he came in the house and he said, can I borrow that CD that's out in the car? I want to listen to it. <laughs> He's not even a Christian. So he took it and started listening to it. Um, and he, and he, she said one day he came home from work and he was telling her about how much he enjoyed it. And, um, and she heard him in the other bedroom um, one day just singing and he was singing, Grace, Grace says you are loved. In response, I say, thank you, thank you, Lord. And then he said these words, this is sweet salvation. This is sweet salvation. So she said she believes that he's <laughs> received Jesus. <laughs> and she's so thankful. Um, and, you know, you don't even realize sometimes when you're singing songs that you are actually declaring the word of God. Yeah. And the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'm just so blessed that just through that, 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 they, that he could have received Jesus. So. Yeah, amen. So these are some of the things that are coming in the mail along with people's support and prayers and blessings. And I think we've only had one lady that was mad at us about something. So that's good. That's good. A couple times. <laughs> Let me show you some, uh, some more about this. Uh, over 1,200 pieces of mail just since September of last year. Uh, let's look at the next slide. Uh, ministry from September 1st, 2010 to present. We have been to 37 cities. We've ministered in uh, 18 different states four different countries, and now almost 110 services uh, in that amount of time. So we know that that is growing and continue to grow, and we're excited about what the Lord's doing in the future. Let's continue. Let's keep going. Our outgoing partnership. Now, nothing has really thrilled me more than this. The Lord told us that the first year of our ministry was to be marked by our giving. And um, he, he began to bless the ministry beyond what we had expected, and one of the greatest thrills, I hope you experience this at some point in your life, is to reach out and be a blessing to somebody else and to live to give. And uh, this ministry, with the uh, cash that has come in, the financial support, we've been able to turn around and put uh, almost 20% back into other ministries uh, other than our own, other operations, other ministers, and other ministries. Uh, let me show you some of the ministries that we've gotten behind uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, one of the things we sat down and said to my grandparents, we said, we want to change our relationship with you, and we want to go from being your employees to your partners. And that was so significant to us, and to be able to do that. And uh, they've been a, a rich blessing to us as well. Uh, we've, we've partnered with Faith Life Church and More Life Ministries. Some of you know uh, Pastors Keith and Phyllis Moore. That was the church Sarah was attending when I met her. And uh, so we are very delighted to have partnered with them. Go Ministries. Steve Munns is here. Steve, would you please stand up and wave at everybody? This is one of our dearest friends. This is Steve Munns, um, founder of Go Ministries. And the team that you see up here supporting Sarah in music, this is the Go Ministries band. Um, they have a team of young people that travel and minister. And I'm gonna, in just a moment, I'm going to show you a video uh, about them and what they do. But they have become some of our dearest most precious friends, Josh and Lacey Bradall, uh, Steve's daughter and son-in-law. Uh, Josh is the guy here playing guitar and singing, and Lacey is up here singing as well. And they have just become some of our closest friends and such a channel of strength and support in our lives, so precious to us. And it has become one of the greatest honors of our lives to get to do ministry with them. And so to get to partner with their ministry and what they're doing, I'm going to show you a video about that in just a minute. Rallies for Christ. Uh, Rick Reyna, where are you, my good friend? I see him right there in the back. You see that, see that good-looking Mexican waving his hand back there? <laughs> That's Rick Reyna. And Rick and I met in the summer of 2006, and he invited me out to speak at one of the rallies that his ministry does. And I'm going to show you a video about them as well because we are so blessed by what they are doing in the body of Christ and the people that they are reaching. And we, uh, we have partnered with them in every month. Go Ministries and Rallies for Christ. These top four that you see here, these are the ones that Pearson's Ministries has partnered with. And every month there's whatever's coming into 
us through the partnership that you're sending in, there's a percentage of it that's going into their ministries as well. And when I show you these videos, I know you'll get excited about it. We've also been a part of some projects at Eagle Mountain Church, uh, our home church at home. True Life Fellowship Church is a, a brand new church in North Carolina that we've partnered with. Joseph Prince Ministry, some of you are familiar with him. His ministry of magnifying Jesus has just been such a rich blessing to us. Creflo Dollar, Rick Renner, uh, there's some more here on another page. Hillsong Church, New York City, we were able to attend there when they were uh, starting their church. And, and some of these are ones we've given to consistently. Some of them are just one-time gifts. Uh, but we just wanted you to see where, where your partnership is being doubled and uh, reaching out to others. Christ for all nations, which, holy cow, I can't even begin on that one. That's Reinhard Bonnke. And that man's ministry, him and, and the young man that he's bringing up after him, Daniel Kalinda, if you've never read Reinhard Bonnke's autobiography, go read it. Uh, it'll take you a while. It's about 600 and something pages, but it will change your life. It's one of those books that you end and you go, okay, so what am I doing? <laughs> but in a good way. And uh, his life and his ministry just so blesses us. Anytime you get a million people born again in one service, there's something to learn there. Uh, Ken Blunt Ministry, some of you may know him as Nicodemus from the Gospel Bill Show. Uh, that was something Sarah and I both grew up on, and uh, Sarah has recently partnered with them. They had her come and sing on a brand new children's worship project that just came out these last couple of weeks, and it's available on iTunes. I think it's called uh, Love Out Loud, and Sarah's singing on there. Not any songs that she wrote, some of the ones that they wrote, but it was just a, just a neat thing. I mean, for Sarah to go to the recording studio with Nicodemus was just really, <laughs> really cool. Uh, Terry Savelle, Foy Ministries, we've... Uh, partnered with them on one of their events, the ladies' events that they do that are, have a huge impact. Mylon Lefebvre Ministries. Mylon and Christy Lefebvre have been such great mentors to Sarah and I, and we have the rich privilege to spend one-on-one -on -one time with them, and they just pour into our lives, and we're so thankful for them as mentors. Living Word River Valley, which is now known as Beyond Church. Um, we're just thrilled with what the Lord's doing with you guys. And I, the reason we had on uh, you guys on here was... Um, the Lord spoke to us about partnering with you on your land. And uh, that was early on for us when he first started talking to us about land. So we're in agreement with you in this church and the land that you're supposed to have. I hope I'm not saying anything out of turn, but uh, the land that, that rightfully belongs to you and you are possessors of that land. And our ministry is in absolute 100% support of you guys and in partnership with you. Operation Blessing. Um, we contributed to that through a channel of our ministry called Compassion Made Me Do It. I won't take a lot of time to explain that, but that's something that we sense is going to grow in the future. Now, now is not the right time for us to be pouring a lot into it, but it does exist and we are ready for it to grow when the Lord begins to grow it. But that is going to be the arm of our ministry that responds quickly uh, to, with disaster relief. Anytime there are things that take place around us or around the world that the Lord tells us to get involved in financially or in any other way, if, if it comes to sending people, um, that's the arm of our ministry that we're going to do that. Compassion made me do it. That's what compassion is. It's, a, it's not just a feeling of sympathy. It is a strong move of the Holy Spirit on your heart that requires you to get up and move on behalf of somebody else. So all of these things, uh, all of these places are places that we have sown into. I want to quickly show that video of Go Ministries. I want you to get an idea of what this ministry is doing, and you'll know why we're in support of them. Right, guys, are we ready to roll that? Praise God. That's awesome. And one thing that I just wanted to say about Rallies for Christ and Rick and Nettie is that Jeremy and I get to minister with them. We've been able and had the opportunity to minister with them a lot of different places, but one particular place is the New York City um, um, event that we've been able to do every year. And we have been so blessed to be a part of what they're doing. They are, I have never seen anyone do street evangelism like the Reinas. <laughs> they are so anointed to do this. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you, you realize when you get going in ministry what you're anointed to do and what you're not anointed to do. <laughs> and Jeremy and I, we love just going and being a part of what they're doing. And it's good for us to be um, giving and sowing toward things that other people are anointed at and that are they're reaching people in areas that we cannot reach them. Jeremy and I personally, you know, our job is to teach and equip believers 
But rallies for Christ, they go out there and they pull them in from every area that you, you, you don't even see. Bring them in and love them like you've never seen anybody love them before. And it is such a blessing to be partnered with them. We love this family. You know, it's so, it's so amazing when, you get, when God joins you to people and they're the real deal. And that's what we love is being in partnership and being friends with people who are the real deal, yeah. who, who, it really is, who are really all about Jesus being lifted up. So we Amen. love the Raiders and Rallies for Christ. Amen. Well, that's some of the areas that Pearson's Ministries are partnering with, the outgoing partnership, excuse me, of our ministry. And uh, I knew you'd be excited to see that. I want to keep going. I've kept you a little longer than I intended to. I apologize. Let's finish this up quickly, and uh, we'll be dismissed. Let me see this next slide. Uh... What's that? <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. That's not ours. Let me explain this to you. Sorry. <laughs> um, when Sarah and I, when the Lord called us out into our own ministry, um, he started talking to us about getting out of the commercial airline system. He said, I want you to quit depending on them to help you do what I called you to do. And he drew our attention to a particular airplane that had been hangered down at my grandparents' ministry. Uh, didn't belong to the ministry, just a businessman in the area kept his airplane there. And drew our attention to that airplane, and I thought, man, the Lord is speaking to us about this kind of airplane. Cessna 421, a twin-engine airplane. And uh, just, it came up in our hearts, this is the kind of airplane we're supposed to, you know, trust the Lord for. And uh, I, I called the guy about it and said, I'd like to rent your airplane from you. He said, you know what's interesting? I've outgrown this airplane, and every time uh, I think about it, I think about you. I said, well, we should talk. And uh, so we went out, and we talked, and, and we came to an arrangement. I was going to rent the airplane from him, and we went to fly our first flight in it in October of 2007. No, sorry, sorry, 2010. And, uh, and as soon as we got in the airplane, both of us just looked at each other and said, this is our airplane. This is our airplane. And uh, we came into agreement, never said anything to anybody, but that gentleman called me January of 2011, so just January of last year, and said, Jeremy, if I gave you that airplane, would you use it? And we said, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we have used the Cessna 421. Do you have any pictures of ours, our airplane? No, sir. Okay. Um, it's really nice. Uh, so the Lord gave us an airplane. Just said, here you go. And in that airplane, let me tell you about that airplane real quick. Let me show you how far we've been able to go in that. In the Cessna 421, we have done uh, 28,567 miles. And keep going. That is uh, almost 190 hours in that airplane. So we've used it. We have used it. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, total miles flown in that airplane, isn't that what we just looked at? 64,185. So the gospel is being preached all over the place. Next. Okay, let's talk about this a moment. Um, the Lord began dealing with us uh, not very long ago. We've known for some time that our, airplane, our ministry was supposed to take a step up. In, in our travel, and the Lord began to deal with us about it. We weren't, we weren't really seeking anything, but we'd received a couple words from the Lord regarding jet aviation. That first airplane was not a jet, uh, but uh, if you don't know much about airplanes, jets are faster. That's all you really need to know. Um, and just a few weeks ago, the Lord started talking to us. He said, now's the time to start praying over this jet. But you know how he told us to go about it? He said, I want you to get really thankful for the airplane you already have. That's how he told us to go about it. So every time we thought about, thank you, Lord, for that airplane. It may be slow, but you gave it to us, and it's a precious, wonderful gift. We are so thankful, 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 thankful. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, we got a call. Uh, should I just say who from? Is that appropriate? Sure? Okay. My grandfather called us and said, um, I, actually, we saw him, and he said, I need to, when we get home, I need to have a meeting with you and Sarah about your airplane. So we thought he was going to talk to us about our airplane. And when we got to the meeting, that's what he gave us. That is a Citation 500. And, uh, yeah, it's fast. It is fast. So praise God. I'm telling you, folks, there are things happening in this ministry in a hurry. 
in a real hurry. And there's a great story behind all this, and if I hadn't spent so much time talking already, I would tell you more about it. But here's what I want you to know about this airplane. This is what Sarah and I want you to know. I was on the phone with my father-in-law the day that my grandfather gave us this airplane, and we were telling him and... uh, and Mary, Mary and Perry, Sarah's parents, we were telling them about it. And I almost said to him, as we were talking about all these things, they've been such a huge part of our ministry, I almost said to them, hey, we're all in this boat together. Have you ever said that before? We're all in this boat together. But it just came out like this. Hey, we're all in this jet together. <laughs> and I realized that's from God. And that's what Sarah and I wanted to say to you as our partners today. Hey, we're all in this jet together. Because <laughs> every time we get in this airplane and go where the Lord send us, Go where the Lord sends us. We are taking you with us. Amen. Um, I noticed, too, at the cool tell letters at the end. Yeah. I don't know if you can see them. It's, can't really they're see JS. JS. Every airplane has and its own. They were like that one before. Identification, and that's how it came to us. Yeah. JS. So, Jeremy, Sarah, do you get it? <laughs> okay. Or Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I like that one better. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, before we dismiss you, I want to take just a moment. Can somebody hand me an offering envelope, please? And I'd like to do two things. The first thing that Sarah and I would like to do, I think we'll have to do that another time, guys, um, is if you are already a partner with this ministry, would you please stand? We'd like to pray over you. If you're already a partner with this ministry, thank you so much. Praise the Lord. We want to pray over you. Father, we pray over our partners right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for them. I give you glory for what you're doing in their lives and in ours. And I return to you all the thanksgiving and all the praise. They are a demonstration to us of you. They have become a visible image of our invisible God, and we thank you for them. And I speak over their lives right now in the name of Jesus, and I declare that every need you have is met. Every need you have is fulfilled in Jesus' fullness, and he is your source and your strength and your supply. I declare over you by faith in the name of Jesus that your life is satisfied in him. And whatever need that you have is being met according to His riches and His glory and His abundant supply in the name of Jesus. 